Welcome to the Cool Girls Only podcast, where we talk about the excitement and uncertainty of navigating our 20s. I'm Jordan. And I'm Maddie. A cool girl is on a journey to becoming her best self, and we're here to share our thoughts and learnings every Friday with you. Welcome to Cool Girls Only. We're back with another guest. Yes, we are back with another guest. I I don't know about you. I just love this episode. I thought she was so fun. She's just the best to talk to. Yeah, she was so fun. I'm like laughing because we recorded this like a day after I got engaged too. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're right. Like in the beginning of the episode, I'm like talking about it and I'm kind of cringing. I was kind of cringing listening, but I'm like, it was the day after, so it's okay. Um, but yeah, Alana's great. She was, I mean, just a wealth of knowledge because we don't know shit about dating. So it was very helpful to have her and kind of go through it because guys, to be honest, we've been wanting to have an episode like this, but we're both like, we don't date. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That was our problem. We were like, Oh, it'd be so good to do a dating episode. Like people would love that. We know you guys want to hear about it. Maddie and I are just like, lockdown we're in relationships Maddie's engaged I'm like six years in I'm in too deep (laughs) like we don't know about NYC dating so this was a really helpful episode also a good chat about toxic relationships because I mean we've both had them a lot of people her story is unreal her story that she tells in this episode literally gave me chills when she told it it was so crazy I know it's really crazy. So keep listening. She gives a lot of great advice, crazy stories. We talk about, we kind of go all over the place. We had a Q and a from listeners too. So if you guys asked a question when we posed it like a long time ago on Instagram, it'll be answered. So yeah. And our rec for the week is seeing other people, her podcast, check it out. Um, she has a range of topics all related to dating and yes. And I don't even know if we've said her name. Have we said it? Alana, <laughs> Alana Dunn, <laughs> Alana Dunn from seeing other people. <laughs> yes. So yeah, go check it out and we'll get into today's episode. have Alana done on our podcast, the host of seeing other people. Uh, will you just kind of walk through like what your podcast is about and a little bit about yourself just to kick it off? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you both for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So yeah, I'm Alana Dunn. I'm 27 years old. I live in New York city and I host the dating and relationships podcast, seeing other people and seeing other people is really all about helping you feel less alone and more empowered in our dating lives. You know, I've struggled with dating in the past. Like I'm in my mid twenties and living in New York city. Dating is really hard and there are a lot of challenges that come with it. And through my whole career path, which ended up bringing me to working at hinge and creating social content for them. I started opening up about my dating life, not necessarily like who I was going on dates, but then what was happening on those dates, but more so like what my actual struggles were and what I was finding really difficult about dating. And that really was resonating with people and helping people feel like more seen and more understood. And and that was really something that was really important to me. And I just wanted to create a platform where people could go to feel less alone and, and feel like there were more people who understood them. 
Amazing. Honestly, yes, we need a podcast like that. Like everyone needs a podcast like that. I was actually listening to it the other day and I loved the episode of, it was with the author of, um, what's it called? Um, maybe you should talk to someone. Oh no. Yes. No. How to not die alone. That's the one. Sorry. I'm like getting those confused. Um, I loved it. Honestly. It's so, I need to read that book. I mean, I'm, I'm engaged, so maybe I don't, but (laughs) no, and actually like the second half of the book is all about like relationship stuff. There's like, there's all this stuff for like, how, like, like read this chapter before you get married, like conversations you should be having, like how you want to plan out your future. Like there's a lot of stuff, even for people who are, are engaged and like in that phase of that relationship. Okay. So definitely do need to read that book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, that's so exciting. And like, I, yes, like I said, love your podcast. So today's episode is kind of on the topic of toxic relationships. So I know you have mentioned that you've been in toxic relationships in the past. So can you kind of like tell us about your current relationship and like what's different with your current relationship versus like maybe toxic relationships you've had in the past? Yeah, absolutely. So I have been dating my boyfriend, Jake, for a little over a year now. And you know, the whole time it's just been really, really easy. And I find like thinking back, the relationships I was in before were like really, really difficult. There were a lot of problems from the beginning. There was a lot of like really unhealthy things going on and we'll get into more of that. But with Jake, even, you know, when we first started dating and I've always been the person who like, I would go on one day and come home and tell my roommates like, Oh my God, I fell in love. And they would be like, of course, like I, we literally had a jar in our apartment. Like when I first moved into the city, when like my two best friends from college and we each had a thing that like, when we said the thing, we had to put a dollar in the jar. And my thing was that when I came home from a date and said, Oh my God, I'm in love. Like I literally had to put a dollar in this jar. It was like our Froyo collective money. Um, but yeah, so that was really how I dated. Like I would get so hyped up on people. I'd like have amazing first dates and think like, okay, like this is it. Like this has to work. It's going to work. This thing is great. And like the, what I realized was a lot of that was actually like me being really anxious and not knowing how they felt like thinking I had a great time probably cause I like overshared and talked about myself a lot. And at the end of the day, like these things, situations wouldn't work out or they would lead to like really undefined situationships that then wouldn't work out. And, you know, of course we, I tell people like, don't play games, like be your, be yourself. Like you don't want to be like just going after the chase and all that stuff, but it's really like, that's a lot easier said than done. And so when I actually met Jake and our first date wasn't that great. I didn't come home from the date and say like, oh my God, I'm in love. It was 20 degrees out. We were sitting outside because it was COVID and all we could talk about was how cold we were. So I left the date being like, well, that was a mediocre date. Um, I, I, and like, as I was walking away, I was like, yeah, like, I don't know if I'm going to see this person again. Um, but then he texted me right after and said like, I had a great time and I'd love to see you again. And I was like, wow, that's really refreshing. Like I didn't even have to wait until the next day to hear from him or to find out if he wanted another date or not. Like, sure. Okay. I'll go on another date with this guy. Cool. And the same thing happened after our second date where he texted me right after. And I was actually leaving for like a month or like three weeks or something. I was going home and then going to visit family in Florida. And so after our second date, he texted me and he was like, I had a really great time. I know you're leaving, but I'd love to talk while you're gone and see you when you're back. 
And again, I was like, oh my God, this is so refreshing. You know, usually I'm like waiting around, like checking my phone. Like there's no tomorrow waiting for somebody to text me. And then I'm, they're like kind of unclear about what they're thinking or like, they'll say they want to see me again, but not actually make a plan. And so this was a really good sign that like, it was different. It was easy. And he was being really open and communicative. And so that was kind of why I kept going on dates with him, even though like the first few dates, like weren't that amazing. Um, and then by like date, like three, four, five, I was like, okay, like I'm glad I stuck around because there is something here. And this guy is really great. Honestly. Yeah. Why do you think people like get so hooked on the first date? Like, is it, they have hope or like, I don't know. Does that become toxic? Do you think? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Look, I think part of it is like we see what happens in movies and on TV and we see these like really like fireworky, like best night ever. And then like those people end up working out and it all goes back to the first date. And so we want to feel that like we want to go on a first date that lives up to the hype, lives up to the romantic comedies and lives up to what we've read in books. And so we really push for that. We try and find that. And when we don't, we assume like, oh, well then there's nothing there, you know, like the, um, and how to not die alone that book, Logan Mm -hmm. talks about like the spark versus slow burn and people, as much as they want the spark, the spark isn't actually a sign that something is going to work out. It's not necessarily a good thing. And the butterflies that you feel are usually actually anxiety. And Mm -hmm. so what you should do actually is think about the fact that the people who are giving you the spark might give everyone the spark. Mm -hmm. And it's more a reflection on like, who they are than like how you actually felt and like how compatible you would be. And so what she suggests to do is to actually go for the slow burn, someone who is maybe a little quieter, a little more shy at first, but they have a really great personality. They're just not giving it all away on the first date. And if you actually think about it, like you don't want to get to know every single per- like part of someone initially. And if someone is like, so willing to open up and put it all out there on the first date with you. They're doing that with everyone else too. And so it's tough though, because, you know, we go on a date with somebody and we don't feel that thing. We don't feel so excited. Like we don't leave with butterflies and we're like, oh, well, like there must be nothing there. And I think we miss out on a lot of really, really great potential partners because of that. I honestly like, yeah, dating just sounds like stressful. Yeah, Maddie and I, we've <laughs> we been, say, we've been in long-term relationships for what you're at eight years. I'm yeah. at six. Yeah. So, so we, we haven't like <laughs> dated in New York. Like we've had, you know, episodes about relationships and things like that, but like dating is just something we're so like, we just we're haven't not done. We're not yeah. in the loop. So it's, I mean, and I have friends too, that are dating and they have terrible stories, like just the struggles of like finding someone on hinge or like, it's just not super easy. So I think like knowing, knowing that like, it might not be the first date is a good thing to just like keep in the back of your mind, like give someone a chance and it could maybe turn out to be, you know, something special. Yeah, absolutely. And you also like want to keep in mind that not everyone is so easily like open on a first date. You know, it's your first time meeting someone like first dates have a lot of pressure. People have had really bad first date experiences. And so like actually giving someone the benefit of the doubt and obviously like unless something really terrible happens on the first date, like going on that second date is really helpful to actually like give someone a real chance. But I actually have a question for you guys in terms of like being in relationships for so long and not really having dated in, in New York city and having had that experience, like, did you ever at any point feel like left out or like you were missing out on something? 
Honestly, like for me, no, I just felt like it seems stressful from what yeah. like my friends talk about. Um, you know, I just am kind of, I've kind of always felt like, wow, I'm so glad that I never had to go through that. That's kind of what I felt. What about you? Yeah. I, I always had this like thought in the back of my head that I was going to miss out. Like I, and some of my close friends, you know, this, my current partner and I, we were casually seeing each other right before I went to college and I broke it off because I wanted to be single in college because I was like, I need to have this experience of being single. I want to go to parties and meet people and like, whatever, not feel like held back. And literally week one of college, I called my <laughs> current partner, Kilo. I was like, do you want to come over? <laughs> like, cause we just had this connection that was like, so undeniable for me. And I was trying so hard to like, break it off just to experience being single. So like, I always had this thought I'm going to miss out. Like I'm going to miss out on being single and I'm going to regret being in this long-term relationship. And similar to Maddie, now that like we're six years deep, like living in New York together, professional adults, I have like no regrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, I think that makes sense. Cause it's also like you found someone who really makes you feel whole and, and you found like relationships that really work for you. And I think that's, that like, that totally means it was obviously worth not going through the ups and downs <laughs> of like dating and, and everything that comes with modern dating. So I think that's awesome. I'm, I'm just always so curious because everyone I talk to who's been in really long-term relationships has, it's like such a mixed bag of opinions on it. Yeah. Well, and I think we've both had kind of toxic relationships before our current boyfriends are Maddie's fiance now. So um, weird. <laughs> so weird to say. Oh, it's the first time I said that. Joe, if you're listening, congrats. Um, but no, I think we both have had toxic experiences before our current partners. So it's like we know the bad side of dating and, and kind of being in a shitty scenario. So I think a part of that is what makes us more like reluctant to stay in a really good relationship because we've been through like those darker times. Totally. Yeah. And it also helps you appreciate what you have. Right. Honestly, like thinking back, like it's when you're in a toxic relationship, it's so hard to see it. It's like so hard to see it, but other people can tell you like, I don't know. And that you could just put blinders on and not listen to anyone. So I guess like one thing I'd like to talk about is like, what advice do you have for people that are like in toxic relationships or like, how to identify, I guess, like that it is toxic. So let me backtrack and actually share what I went through. Cause I think yeah. that will help a lot. Mm-hmm. Cause like I learned, Oh my God, so much, but like, it took me honestly, like two years out of it to like mm-hmm. realize what I learned and what I had gone through. Um, so I used to work in the music business before I worked in dating. And I also at the time had a really big thing for only dating guys who also worked in music, either like at a record label or in management or who were actually like musicians themselves. And at one point I started managing a band and there were two guys in the band and I started like definitely like having feelings for one of them. And the other one was like in a really long-term relationship. Like I had known him since like we were teenagers and like, that's kind of how I got in touch with them. Um, and I, I remember it was like the first day I went to like the studio with them for the whole day. Um, the one I knew was like, like left the two of us alone for like an hour. We started talking and I remember texting my best friend being like, this is bad. Like, I like this guy. 
bad. This is really, really, yeah. really bad. You're like, I'm in and love. Get the jar. <laughs> yes, <Get laughs> precisely. The jar. And so what happened was like, you know, at first I, like, I realized like I was having like really deep feelings for him and turns out like he was feeling the same way about me. And we both had such big dreams for like what we were going to do, like working together. And, and, you know, like these guys were like my best friends at this point. And so we didn't want to risk ruining our like working relationship. Um, so we didn't want to do anything about the fact that we had these feelings for each other, but like, of course we were spending, we're spending so much time together as like the three of us, like for working purposes. Um, but then he and I started spending like all of our free time together and like, he would come over to my apartment and we would literally like stay up until the sun rose. Like we would stay up until like oh, literally all night and we would just talk, we would lay in bed and like basically like cuddle and just like gaze into each other's eyes, but like not kiss. Cause we were like, we can't kiss. Like we cannot <laughs> allow this to happen. And at, at the same time, obviously we were not telling the other guy that this was happening. So it ended up like one thing led to another eventually like, yeah, we kissed great <laughs> shocker. Um, and we basically started like kind of dating for like almost like eight months, but it, the whole time it was a secret from the other one, but we were spending the majority of our waking hours together when I wasn't like at my desk job and we were, you know, like going on weekend trips, the three of us for, to do shows, to like go record, to do all of these different things. And at, at some point things changed where, you know, it wasn't like it got, it didn't get bad overnight, but like this kid literally made me come, like I came home with him to Minnesota for a week from like Christmas to new year's, to, like meet his whole family. But he started saying like, like we're doing this, but like, you're not like, we're not boyfriend, girlfriend. And I'm like, what? And he's like, well, cause we can't be like, we are, but we're not. Cause we can't be. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay, I'm spending six nights a week with this kid who is telling me that he's never felt these feelings for anyone in his life. And he like, can't wait to like, see like what the future has for us. And like his ex-girlfriend of seven years, he did not feel as connected to as he did with me. He's saying all of these things that are making me feel like, okay, like I'm very special to him. He really cares about me. And, you know, he's going away for certain things. He's calling me every single night. Like we're always in communication, but then there's this confusing thing of like, oh, but like, we can't say we're in a relationship because it's a secret from the other one. So long story short, is this went on not, not short, but what ended up happening was this went on for a really long time until one day he was like, I can't do this anymore. And keep in mind, like, this is like, I already went home for a week to like meet his family. Like we're literally spending all of our time together. Like we've said, I love you. And he's just like, no, like I can't do this. Like this was never anything. And like, I can't do this. And I'm like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Like, uh, fast forward and now we're like going through this breakup where again, we were never dating. So I have to pretend that everything's okay. So I'm like in meetings with the two of them where I have to get up and go to the bathroom to cry. Um, I didn't realize how toxic of a situation it was until a long time after, you know, in the beginning, my friends were telling me like, Lana, we've never seen you so happy. And then a few months later, they're like, Lana, we you're not okay. Like, we've never seen you like this. Like, we don't even know who you are anymore because I found out that the entire time he was hooking up with other people. Oh my God. And serious. I had, you know, I had feelings. There were times where I wouldn't hear from him on like a Friday night or something. And 
I would just like, I had this like gut feeling and he would like, tell me I was crazy. He would tell me like, no, like, stop, like you're being crazy. And there, there ended up being like a lot of manipulation, a lot of gaslighting. Um, at one point he finally, like after like this, like breakup was, got really messy. He told the other guy what had been happening the whole time. And that like, what, 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 but he told his version of the story that we kissed once. So while I'm trying to explain things to the other guy, I'm telling him, he's like, oh, I want to like, you're like, stop lying. Like you need to stop lying. Like you're not okay. Like you need to get serious help. Like stop making things up. I know the truth. And I know that this is not it. And so suddenly I'm like, oh my God, am I crazy? Like I'm starting to think I'm crazy. I'm starting to think there's something wrong with me because this guy is saying that like everything he said to me, he never said to me. Um, I find out that like, well, I was clearly nothing to him because he was seeing other people the whole time to like keep up the facade that we weren't dating. And he's telling everyone else that everything that I'm saying is a lie. And, you know, I, I talk about it like very matter of factly now, but like, I was so depressed. I was so anxious. I could not sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't have conversations with people. And going back to what you brought up initially with like, you don't really know you're in a toxic situation when you're in it you know, my friends tried to point it out. They, they really tried. They said, they don't like how he treats me. They don't like how he talks to me. They don't think I'm okay. And I kept justifying it. I'm like, you don't see what it's like when it's just the two of us. You don't know what he says to me. Like when you're not there, like everything's great. Like he cares about me so much. Like I went home to his family, blah, blah, blah. And I kept justifying it. And in the end, like I, I was like broken after this. And I ended up like going to therapy for the first time. I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression, which like I had never had an ounce of anxiety in my life before this happened. And it was a really tough road of getting back to a normal place where like, I didn't know like who I was. I didn't feel like I was deserving of love or of anyone to like treat me well. I now had this like bar set really low for how I deserved to be treated by someone. I had no self-confidence. I didn't know if I could even like trust myself. And it was really, really scary. And so that's kind of what happened. And and then I try and go back out in the dating world and I'm like, well, how can I like trust anyone when I can't even trust myself? Wow. Honestly. Okay. Number one, I'm so sorry you went through that. Number two, two. (laughs) number two, it's sad, but I think so many people can relate to that. Like master manipulators. Like that's just terrible. Yeah. I think like what, what is triggering for me is when you said like you were constantly feeling like just gaslighting all the time. Like if someone, especially someone so like pivotal in your life as your partner, if someone is making you feel crazy and like, you don't even understand what you're feeling and they're not allowing you to like verbalize what's going on. And they're just making you feel insecure in the moment. Like those are like red flags, red flags. all over the place. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you just can't, we've talked about it before on the podcast, obviously, because we both have this experience in the past, but like being in that moment, you just, you can't see clearly. It's like, you have Mm -hmm. these crazy foggers on, you're being manipulated. And it literally, like you said, for me, it took years Mm -hmm. before I could fully recap and like come to terms with the experience I had had previously. So like, it's, it's just disturbing. And like Maddie said, the amount of women that can relate feeling this is well, another thing too, like Jordan and I have actually recently talked about this is like, okay, obviously toxic relationship is, you know, just an issue in itself, 
But I think talking about your relationship with your friends, sometimes like when you're going through things like that, it can be kind of hard to talk about it with your friends because like you don't want them to, I don't know, have a bad view of your significant other or like hate them. And is that like something like you talked about with your friends during that time? It was tough. So like my, there were a lot of friends that tried to be there for me, tried to help me. And I really pushed them away because I didn't want to hear what they had to say. I I didn't want to believe what they had to say, even though like probably in the back of my head, I knew they were right, but I didn't want to deal with it. Um, I had two friends that I was talking to about it. One of them actually lived in LA at the time. And me and the two boys were actually planning to move to LA altogether for work. Um, and so they had gone out a few times to look and at like apartments and, and take meetings and stuff. And so I had set them up with my friend, my childhood friend to like stay at her apartment. And so suddenly she's like involving herself in the situation. And for a while I thought like, okay, like I can totally talk to her about it. Cause she like knows them like in a different way than like my other friends do. And she gets it and blah, blah, blah. And it ended up being really another like toxic situation within this whole toxic situation where she I, like, God knows what he was saying to her because then anytime I said something to her, she was like telling me I was wrong. She was telling me I was acting crazy. And so that was really difficult where like the person I thought I could trust and thought I could go to. And again, like I wasn't in therapy yet. Like I really tried to not talk to anyone, like, except for this, like one or like friend and then our other friend about it. And she ended up fully like being on his side. In fact, I am sure that at many points or at least one point they hooked up. Um, and I found out after that they were planning on moving in together when he moved to LA. So that was obviously a very, very unique situation, but like made the whole shit, like so much bigger of like a shit storm. Um, but yeah, in general, if you're not in that actual specific horrible situation, um, it can be really difficult to talk to your friends about it because yeah, you don't want to hear what they have to say. You don't want to believe it. And I think that unfortunately it's a really tough situation for your friends to be into. And I think we've all been on the other side of that, where we've seen a friend going through a, a bad situation, something unhealthy with somebody, and we want to help them, but we don't know how to approach it. We don't know how to tell someone like, we actually like don't think that the person they're seeing is, is good for them, is treating them right, is right for them. And, you know, it's tough. And I, I people always ask me, and, and I've run into the situation too. It's like, do you say something or do you not? And the unfortunate truth is if you say something, they're not going to want to hear it. And then they're not going to want to talk to you about their relationship at all anymore. And if you don't say something, then you feel bad because you feel like you're not being a good friend. Um, but either way, if you, I think if you do say something, you have to say like, I know you didn't ask like here, I want to be honest with you as your friend, here's how I'm feeling about the situation. And like, I know I like, I, I trust you to like do what's best for you. And, and regardless if it goes well, if it doesn't, no matter what you decide, like I will be here for you at the end of the day, either way. And I think that's the only thing you can do. And like, I was really fortunate where a lot of my friends who I did push away, they were there for me. And like, even though I ignored them for a while and, and pushed them off of it, but it took a really long time for me to accept their help because I was ashamed and embarrassed. 
That's actually a perfect segue because one of our, we had like a Q and A from our listeners and one of them was actually, what do I do if my friend is in a toxic relationship? So I think those are some really good tips and like just saying like, I'm here for you either way, just like trying to do it. Yeah. In a way that's not like, I don't know. Yes. Harassing or like negative. Yeah. You don't want to like knock someone's fucking door down and be like, your boyfriend sucks. I hate him. Get out of this relationship because anyone who's been in those types of like toxic moments in their life knows you would just shut them out regardless. So not only are you like feeling already insecure in your current relationship, but then your best friend comes in your door and is like, Hey, break up with this guy. He's horrible. And then you're just feeling more isolated and resorting into that toxic relationship, like even farther. hundred percent. And I think one thing you can do is you can, if you can see, like, do they have an idea that this is unhealthy? Like, and ask them like, Oh, like, how are things going with Ryan? Like, how are things going with Alex? And just like ha- sit down and like have an honest conversation and hear them out and hear how they're feeling about it. And maybe they will bring up some like red flags that they see or some things that they're not sure about. And then they'll actually ask you like for your opinion or for your advice. Um, that might not happen every time, but I do think it's, it's worth that try. I was in a really sticky situation with like one of my best friends, um, in the fall where she started seeing this guy who we like from a very different world than, than the rest of us. And we, the few times we met him, like me, we being like me and her other close friends, like we really didn't like him and we did not think that he was right for her. And we did not think this was like a good situation, but we didn't want to say anything. We kind of just like smiled through it and didn't necessarily like enjoy our time with him, but we're like really endlessly happy that she was happy, you know? And at one point she actually approached all of us and asked us individually, like, what do you honestly think of him? And that was really hard because we were kind of like teetering on like, how honest should we be versus like supportive? Like she is happy. He hasn't necessarily done anything wrong, but we don't know that we like the way he's like approached this. And we just straight up don't really like him. Um, (laughs) and it ended up like blowing up, like, probably like her whole life and all of our friendships. Um, see, it can be so tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Because we decided to be honest and she was of course really hurt by that and, and kind of hurt that like, we didn't trust her judgment on who she decided to be with and that we were like making our own judgments and jumping to conclusions and all this stuff. And, and, you know, it's been a few months now and it's still like, we're still, on the road to recovery there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's so tricky too. And like, we've talked about this as well, talking to your friends about your relationship. Like if you are in a long-term relationship or short, short-term and you're just dating and you have a fight or a spat or something happens and you want to like weigh in on some advice or something, I think it can be so tricky to ask at least my feeling is to ask my current friends for advice or just like even vent to them about my partner. Cause I yeah. don't want them to have this super negative idea about him, but I also am like, you're my friend. And I want to talk to you about what I'm going through. 
Yeah, yeah. It's so hard. And I think that's like one of the hardest parts about navigating dating and relationships is actually like navigating our friendships within them and how, like who we go to what for, whether it's like dating advice or like, we're feeling frustrated in about something that's going on in our relationship, or there's like some point of tension and, you know, we want someone to talk to, we want someone to vent to, but yeah, like we don't want them to suddenly think poorly about our partners and Mm -hmm. with, with dating advice, at least what I recommend to people is really figure out what friends are similar to you in terms of how you date and like whose advice you admire or who is in a relationship that you admire and want to be in. Because I can't tell you how many times, like I've talked to my friends about dating and they've completely disagreed with like what I want to do, or like, I'll ask a question. And the advice that I get is like, absolutely does not feel comfortable to me. And it's taken me a long time to realize like, I, the way I date is so different than the way any of my friends date for the most part, because they haven't been cheated on. They haven't been manipulated. They haven't been in X, Y, Z toxic situation that I've been in before. So what works for them isn't going to work for me. And what works for me, they might think is crazy. So you really have to find someone who is either similar and like really understands what you've been through because they've been through it too, or has like a really elevated level of, of understanding and empathy and, and can put themselves in your shoes, or you have to find a friend who has been through that, you know, and, or someone who, you know, like you look up to what they have and and you can go to them for a question about like the type of person you're looking for. And so I think that really figuring out like what friend to go to for what, you know, like I've figured out, like I have friends that I can talk to about dating and relationships. And I have friends that I should only talk to about career stuff or family stuff and friends who don't want to hear any of it and just want to like talk about reality TV. And I think that's a really (laughs) hard part about growing up is realizing like your friends, like each friend can't be everything to you. And you really have to figure out like who serves what purpose. Yeah. That's, no, such that's, good advice. that's a good tip. Like, I think you're right. The shared experience thing is key. Cause like some people just might not understand. So we have another question actually, and this, this could get even trickier. Um, one of the questions is how do I handle a situation where my parents slash family hate my significant other? <laughs> Now that's like a tough one. I I have no idea. (laughs) It's really hard. I mean, it's, it's similar to like the friends thing, but, but obviously like family, um, is even more important for a lot of people. I would really try and hear them out on why, like have long conversations, you know, cause you're going to make a lot of assumptions about what they're thinking and why they're thinking that. And they're going to make a lot of assumptions about what you're thinking, why you haven't done something about it, why you're making X, Y, Z choice to stay with this person. And that's one thing I learned a lot, um, in over the last few months dealing with this, with my friend and her partner, because like the whole time we were making assumptions about each other. And then when we finally did sit down and talk through it all, like we really got to understand each other more and understand each other's perspectives. And she understood why I felt the way that I felt. And I understood why she felt the way that she felt. And so I would really ask questions, you know, and it doesn't, it can either be like to everyone at the same time or, or one at a time. I think one at a time might be better. Um, but really say like, I want to know why you feel the way you feel. I really do value this person in my life. And I think that, I know I'm like making the right decision for myself, but I value your opinion too. And I want to understand where you're coming from and you don't have to like 
make any point to like make a decision in the moment. You don't have to really react to what they're saying and say like, you're going to do something or you're not going to do something and don't argue with it. Just really listen. And then obviously I'm sure they'll ask questions in return and you can share how you feel and why you feel the way you feel and what they're maybe not seeing about the person. But at the same time, I would really take into consideration everything they're saying. Cause it could be one of those situations where they can see something that you can't. That's so true. Yeah. I've kind of been on like the other side of this where like some of my friends like despise their like siblings, significant yeah. other, like so much. And I'm just yes. like that friend who's like, yeah, they suck. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think that yeah. can really weigh, weigh down on a relationship. Any other, do we have any other questions from our Ooh, listeners? Yeah, we have another good one. We have one more. This a little lighter. So <laughs> a little lighter, a little lighter. Than it. last. It's been a little heavy. Yeah. yeah let's lighten it up. <laughs> let's lighten it up. Um, our last listener question was, I hate dating apps. What advice do you have for someone who wants to meet in real life? I get it. Does that even think, exist anymore? <laughs> listen, it exists, but, but know that you are limiting yourself. Know that it might be harder. That being said, um, I, again, I don't want to make an assumption, but I would assume that if you're willing to, or if you really want to meet people in real life, then you're someone who is willing to put yourself out there and go to events and talk to people and go introduce yourself to someone. And so that's where like dating apps make things really easy. They make your small world, your small world smaller, and they give you the opportunity to meet people and, and talk to people and connect with people. If you're not going to do that, then you need to make up the work on your end. You need to make sure you're putting yourself out there. You're going, you're signing up for a softball league. You're going to a speed dating event. You're asking people who, you know, your friends, your coworkers, like, Hey, do you have anyone to set me up with? Like you have to do the work. It's not impossible, but it's not as easy. And it's not as like guaranteed. And the other thing is like, make sure like, don't just go to like one thing a month, like make sure you're finding different ways to actively like have the opportunity to connect with someone. Because again, like you don't want to just end up going on like one date with somebody that someone sets you up with, or you meet someone at a wedding and like, you're like, okay, like I met someone in person. So I have to make this work. Like you still want to make sure that you're able to go on dates and get to know what you like and don't like about people. And it's just a little harder because you're a little more limited, but you know, like dating apps are like relatively new in the grand scheme of the world. Like they only been around for 10 years. There are so many other ways to meet people. Um, I also think another thing you can do is sign up for a matchmaking service, not where you're actually paying thousands of dollars and hiring a matchmaker, but every single matchmaking service out there has a pool of people that they pull from and set their clients up on dates with. So you can just fill out your information and if they think that they have someone who you would be a good match for, they will email you, give you a call and, and put you on the date with this person. So it's a really great tool you can use where it's not a dating app. Like it's not constant effort. You fill out your information and then they reach out if they have someone for you. Yeah. I feel like that's a good alternative for someone who's like, I'm over dating apps. Well, cause everyone's totally. probably serious on those like matchmaking sites yeah, yeah, at that's all. Also like true. Right. Cause I feel like, yeah, with, um, dating apps, it can get hard. We wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. We, we were just <laughs> saying the other day. Nice. I know we were just saying the other day. We're like, I think you asked me, you're like, were you ever on Tinder? And I was like, I think Tinder blew up my freshman year of college, it, yeah. which is when Caleb and I started dating. Okay. So you know, what were. year was that for you? 2015. Yeah. 2015. 
Okay. I remember. But vividly. I was also in Michigan, not like a city. <laughs> so yeah. I, well, I remember being in, in my freshman year dorm in 2012 in Syracuse and like we had just heard about Tinder. And so like we downloaded it and my friend ended up actually um, matching with this guy who was a senior who like she recognized from one of her classes and they like talked on Tinder for a minute and then ended up like talking in person in class and they ended up dating, which was oh, crazy. Wow. Yeah. And and this was like, again, like before Tinder, like was like what Tinder's now yeah. known as, but like, we had no idea what we were doing on this app. And like, she literally like met a guy she dated like instantly on it. We were like, Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Seriously. Okay. Off topic. Have you watched the Tinder swindler? Okay. I'm halfway through it. <laughs> oh my God. It's insane. I know. I know. It's actually like what I'm going to do after this. Um, I have to like clean my apartment pack because I'm going away to visit my parents. They just moved to Florida tomorrow. And my agenda for tonight is to finish the Tinder swindler. <laughs> I just got to the point where, um, he, he got, took like 25 K of her cash and then like said he had to leave. And then like instantly was like at a club in Barcelona or some yes. shit, like sending it all. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's seriously insane. And like, I think, well, I, I feel like I read it in a newsletter or something that that's like actually like a thing. Like people are getting scammed all over the place on these dating apps, which is insane. There to me. are so many scammers and it's really sad because what they do is they gain your trust. They manipulate and, you. Oh, they manipulate you. And a lot of people, it happens to them before they even meet the person in real life. And they're just like too trusting and they really want to find someone. So like, they're willing to like send a few hundred bucks. Like that's usually what it is. It's like a few hundred bucks over Venmo or PayPal or something like that. And that, and then they're just like, wait, this person just like disappeared. What happened? And mm -hmm. it's so sad. It's the same. Like, it's like scamming is so depressing. It's seriously <laughs> like, so sad. sad off topic, but like my dad will always get phone calls and emails from people who are like pretending to be his like third cousin that he hasn't heard from in years. And they're like, like, please, like, since like uncle Johnny passed away, oh like gosh. I'm on my own. And my dad's like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's seriously so crazy. And I was even talking to Jordan the other day, like, well, even when we were just talking about toxic relationships and like, you can't really see when you're in it. Like, I feel like that's how these women felt. Like they didn't know, like they, it's so easy on the outside to be like, oh my God, I would never send anyone money. Like that's ridiculous. It's, these women are so stupid, but to be well, honest, when, when like, someone tells you that they love you and yeah. is like, flying you places and asks to move in together and you get an apartment together and they yeah. make you care for them. And then they're like, I'm in a lot of trouble. I need your help. Like you're their partner. Of course you're going to help. Yeah. It's seriously crazy. Like the way he did it, I was just shook. Have you watched it yet? I, I haven't, but I remember when we were at brunch the other day, I think it was Maya who was like, Oh my God, I would never even let like lend a guy $50, <laughs> even if I was dating him for a year. I was like, Oh my fuck. What, what, what really got me. And this is where I'm like, Nope. Like I would never, I would never do this for a guy is when she had to like, keep calling Amex. I'm like, Nope. The second I have to get on the phone with like any customer support person, I'm out. That's where the I draw the line. To, no like, more get money. a loan out. Like these women got loans yeah. out. If you're walking in a bank, like trying to get a loan out for someone, you, you best just reflect, yeah. like yeah. take a Pause. second. 
pause. And I, I thought it was really funny. Like, obviously it's a documentary, so they're recreating scenes and using like creative ways to show that. But like when they Googled, like how to take a loan out, I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's literally what I would do. Like if I had to do this, I would literally Google it. <laughs> like, that's crazy. I know it's crazy. Wow. Well, you know, a little off topic, but still on the, still on the topic of dating it apps, just a cautionary tale, you know, yeah. don't, <laughs> don't get scammed. Watch out for, don't watch get out for swindlers. Yes. All right. Well, this has honestly been amazing. Alana, we actually have one final question. This is a question we ask all of our guests, uh, on cool girls only. And it is what one piece of advice could you give to women in their twenties? Ooh. Okay. I love this question. Um, I also, I want to just shout out, like, I love how you guys like redefine like what it means to be a cool girl. Like, I think that's really cool and really mm-hmm. awesome of you. And I, like, you. I love that. Um, so piece of advice, this is something that my mom taught me when I was growing up and it has really like gotten me to like every single like major milestone in my life, whether it's like literally getting into the school I wanted at the college I wanted and getting different internships, getting jobs, like different opportunities. And it's, if you don't ask, you don't get, and it goes for career. It goes for friendships. It goes for relationships. It goes for literally like everything in the world. If there's something you want, like you can go make it happen. And a big part of making it happen is talking to people, asking questions and, you know, like, one example is like this, the apartment that I live in right now, like I, I, my childhood dog passed away and I realized like I needed to get a dog. The apartment I lived in did not allow dogs. I needed to find an apartment. This is like, like peak apartment madness in New York city where no apartments are available. And I'm like, okay, well, like I'm getting a dog. So I need to get an apartment. Nothing was available. Nothing remotely in my price range. I find a post in a Facebook group of this girl who has a one bedroom apartment on the Upper East Side and is trying to give away like the rest of her lease to someone. And by the time I saw it, there were already 30 comments and people saying like they messaged her and I was like, no, I need this apartment. So I messaged her an entire like three page essay about why I needed her apartment. (laughs) And and guess what? She had me and like two other people come see it out of like the 30 people who messaged her. And when I was here, she was like, you get the first choice. It's yours if you want it. And that wouldn't have happened had I not like put myself out there and said like, this is why I need this. And like, that's like one really ridiculous example. But like, I just think about that all the time. And, and it's, it really like, if you don't ask, you don't get, has really carried me through like my whole life and like everything that I've accomplished for myself. And it just makes me really proud. And I hope everyone can learn from that. Yay. That was a great piece of advice. It was Yay. love it. Well, thank you so much, Alana. Will you shout out like what your um, Instagram handles are and where everyone can find your podcast? Yes, absolutely. So you can listen to seeing other people wherever you listen to podcasts, just look up seeing other people. You can follow seeing other people on Instagram at seeing other people. And I'm at Alana Dunn on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you want to stay up to date on everything for the Cool Girls Only podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at Cool Girls Only Podcast. And you can sign up for our monthly newsletter at coolgirlnews.com. All of our information is linked in the show notes. We would also love to hear any topics you're interested in or any guests that you think would be a good fit for the show. Feel free to send us a DM on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time, Cool Girls. Cool Girls.